0: Hello and welcome to the Rennick Centre podcast. This week, we are back with an early guest of the podcast, Andrew Spencer. Andrew shares his knowledge about developing literature reviews to inform ongoing
1: research or when identifying evidence-based practice. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another Rennick Centre podcast. My name's Trudy Smith and I'm the manager of the Continuing Professional Education program at Rennick. We're joined by Andrew Spencer, the Rennick Centre Librarian. With, we've had questions, but for those of you who haven't met Andrew, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself to start.
0: Certainly, Trudy. So I'm the Manager of Library and Information Services at the RIDBC Rennick Centre Library, which is mainly the staff library for RIDBC staff, So we um, and the students who are studying their Masters through Rennick. So we have a range of resources from textbooks, professional development resources, journals, assessment kits, things like that, um, Yeah, which are available to all RIDBC staff and the Rennick students.
1: Fantastic. So this is our third podcast together and we've had some questions from people, which is, I guess, the next obvious topic. We've talked about evidence-based practice Mm -hmm. and and you talked about gathering the literature to find out more about that. And so Mm -hmm. the next obvious question is literature reviews and gathering that. So can you tell us what is a literature review and why would you do one?
0: Hmm. Well, basically, the purpose of a literature review is to summarise and evaluate the knowledge that's out there on a topic at the moment. So, it can be used to identify gaps in the literature. So, if you're maybe fishing around for a, some sort of project to do, this can be a good way of identifying. Okay, nobody's written anything about this topic. Here's something that I can work on, particularly if it's relevant to something being done by your organisation or that's of interest to you.
1: Um, so, for it, example, open plan workspaces are rubbish. Yep. So that could be something that you could Those investigate sort of through can investigate against we can
0: Yeah, um, and it covers you know, a whole, whole range of different topics. Um, so they're, they're Pretty much any field has, you know, literature reviews written. Um, other reasons for doing one would be as a way of informing your practice. Mm-hmm. So you know, what is the current evidence out there for a particular therapy or intervention or teaching technique, you know, other people are using and you know, is it something that you know, seems to be being well received and used widely, so is it something that perhaps you know, you could incorporate into your own own work?
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Is there just one literature review or are there many different t- kinds that you can do?
0: There are several types of reviews. There was an article done, it was back in 2009, um, a couple of health librarians went through and identified and analysed 14 different types of reviews Holy that can molly. be done. Okay. So yes, they cover a wide range of methodologies, different levels of complexity and it's, yeah, 14 is does seem quite a lot. It does. Um, but obviously, yes, there are, um, out of those types, the common ones that people have probably heard of would be things like systematic reviews. So they're generally the top level of literature review. So they're used to examine or compare different treatments or interventions or therapies. They're quite detailed and rigorous and time consuming. So usually it's a team involved, mm-hmm. it usually takes several months to do one. Um, they, and because of the, the work that goes into it, they're seen as generally a very high level of evidence. So when you're looking at evidence-based practice, a well-done systematic review is pretty much the gold standard of um, evidence that you're looking for. Um, if people want to see what they look like, um, the Cochrane Library is C O
1: C H R A N E.
0: yep. And that is a large database of, they commission systematic reviews and they have their own methodology for yeah, it, which are widely followed by pretty much anyone who's doing a systematic review.
1: Sure.
0: Um, luckily, Australia has free access to the Cochrane Library thanks to the NHMRC um, basically pay for a nationwide subscription. Amazing. So if you're accessing it from an IP address within Australia, you can access the Cochrane Library for you free. You don't have to be
1: attached to a university. Anyone... That's fantastic. Yeah,
0: anyone can do it. So it's they recognise the, the value of having access to these yep. resources and it's yeah, available Australia-wide to anyone. I guess other types that aren't as rigorous as a systematic review and generally easier to do um, if you're just a small one or two person team looking at at doing something. There's something that's come out recently called a rapid review. Mm -hmm. So it's a similar methodology to a systematic review, but it doesn't go into as much detail. So it's generally just looking at what's currently known on a topic, um, doing a quick but fairly thorough search of the literature, but certainly not the full-blown analysis that goes into a a systematic review as well. So that can be one option for getting something done fairly, you know, a little bit quicker. Um, Scoping review is another one. And that looks at, I guess, the amount and the scope of the literature that's out there. So it's not necessarily doing too much analysis of the literature, but it's describing what's out there. Is there
1: any literature out
0: there? And that's, yes, often the good first start um, is to, you know, do a scoping review and just, yeah, see what sort of literature is out there. Um, sure. to see is it then worth going forward and doing a more traditional literature review where you're going through, looking at the, fo- seeing what's out there um, and doing some sort of analysis. So it might be identifying key topics or coming up with a, a timeline, sort of, you know, how research and thinking in that area has progressed over mm-hmm. time. So it's probably good to start with um, some of the other types like an overview or a critical review or just, I guess, a plain old literature review. So sort of yep. as a, a first, okay. like, first one.
1: So I've decided that I'm going to do a literature review. Are there steps that I should follow? Is there a strategy that you can follow?
0: Usually, yeah, it's fairly, fairly straightforward. Um, I guess and logical, I suppose. You need to first of all come up with your topic, so and a, a nice clear question. Um, I think we touched on this last time with yeah, the evidence-based, evidence-based practice. Yeah. Um, so using frameworks such as PICO, so coming up with the population, the intervention, comparison, outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, Spice is another one, yep. um, a similar sort of framework for coming up with a nice clear question that you know is easy to search and find literature um, on the topic. You don't want it to be too broad, um, that you're sort of getting in all this information that's you know, turning out to be mm-hmm. irrelevant. Yep. so something nice and focused you know, to get you started is a, a good yeah, place to.' Which is to begin. generally
1: where most studies start isn't it with a I wonder if or, yep.
0: Yep. So it's identifying what's out you know, the need mm-hmm. and you know putting into a nice clear quick yep. question that can be searched. So you get the topic, so then of course, you need to actually do the search.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I guess the main things to keep in mind here are keep track of you know, the search terms that you use and which tools you're using to search. So which databases or mm-hmm. resources you're actually going to to define the literature. If, even though you've got your nice clear question at the start, the strategy you use will vary depending on which resource you're searching. Mm-hmm. So some of the databases you might be using might have subject headings that you can use. Others might just need a keyword search. Yeah. So as long as the intent of the question doesn't change, it's fine to tweak the strategy itself. You know, mm-hmm. To best suit, you know, whatever the resource is that you're searching at that at yep. that time. Sure. I guess once you then get the literature, um, put it together, develop some sort of um, case or argument around what you're finding, um, any identifying any trends that come up. Um, basically, try and organise you know, the literature into some way. So whether it's identifying, you know, key concepts that keep coming up or key people in the field, Mm -hmm. key thoughts, things like that. Uh, Also, I guess, doing some critique and um, critical appraisal of what you're finding. So making sure that if you are, you know, including different studies in the review, that they are, you know, well-written, you know, sound methodology and, you know, a good sort of research background Mm -hmm. behind them as well.
1: Yeah, should you look at what the, where the publications are coming from, the kinds of journals? So yes, or? that
0: can be a good um, good tool as well. There are um, various databases out there that provide some sort of ranking for the journals. Generally, if you're looking at anything that's peer reviewed, if it's published by a well known publisher, uh, again, check with your local friendly librarian. We I'm happy to help <laughs> identify. Um, yeah. If people aren't sure, because there are journals that are coming out that are, they'll very slightly change the name of a a well known prestigious journal, and so they'll have a very similar sounding title, but they're not the same. They might not have the same rigour behind it. Sure. Um, Often they're in it for making money um, rather than producing sort of quality literature. So uh, doing that evaluation um, is always important. Mm -hmm. I guess once you get it all together, you sort of write the review. Um, If you're intending to publish the review in a a journal, before you start getting too far down the writing track, just check the guidelines. Often each journal will have guidelines for authors sort of setting out how long it needs to be, the Mm -hmm. format they use, and that sort of thing. Um, Because I guess publishing the review does then make it easier um, for your colleagues, um, if it's particularly maybe the first review in the field, Often in a lot of the databases, review articles are the ones that are cited the most. Mm-hmm. So people like being able to not have to read all the literature themselves.
1: Absolutely. Let someone um, else do it. Someone
0: work. else has done it. If it's done well, then often, yeah, become quite a valuable resource to you know, other practitioners in the field mm-hmm. as well.
1: So as someone who has the luxury of an academic li- uh, library that I and an amazing librarian who mm-hmm. can help me with these searches, for other people, where can they find that literature to do the review?
0: Yeah, and that can be the, the tricky thing. Um, there are some freely available versions of the subscription databases that people can use. So, for e- in the education field, ERIC is probably the main one. The e
1: R I C. The
0: Education Resource Information Center. So it's provided by the U.S. Department of Education. There's a subscription version which is available through university public libraries, but there is a free version. Just um, ERIC.gov will take you there, and you can do a search and get the same, exactly the same information that is in the subscription versions. Yeah, right. There's full text articles available in there for some of them. The only difference is it's a, a different search interface, so you can't quite get the detailed search that you could do through, say, one of the, the paid database platforms, but it's still you know, a viable option for finding sure. um, the information that's out there. Another resource is the What Works Clearinghouse, mm-hmm. and again, I can provide links to go yeah, on the We'll put that in the, the show notes, page. fantastic. Um, and again, it's sort of another evidence-based tool around education. Again, um, US Department of Education supported and it sort of yeah, brings together reviews and things that people can use mm-hmm. um, for their search.
1: Yeah.
0: The allied health space is a little trickier um, because there's the large medical databases um, like Medline or um, Nursing and Allied Health have CINAHL, but for freely available versions it's the Cochrane Library that I mentioned earlier. Um, as a source of those high-quality systematic reviews. There's also PubMed, which is the public version of Medline. Oh, okay. So yeah. again, it gets access to those, the same articles uh, that are available in Medline. You, this time you can do fairly sophisticated searches in PubMed as well, um, and you know export them if you're using tools like EndNote or Zotero, any mm-hmm. of those reference management software, they're available to you there. Mm-hmm. Again, some of them have links to the full text um, but often, yeah, if you can't have the full text available through PubMed, again, put a contact your local library, put in an interlibrary loan request, and we can source it from sure. yeah, other libraries where we, we need to. There are also some discipline-specific databases. So for physiotherapy, there's a database called Pedro. Mm-hmm. Um, speech pathologists have one called SpeechBite. And the occupational therapists have OT Seeker. So they're all...
1: There is opp- opportunity to access articles.
0: So it does mean you may need to search across multiple databases. There's not sort of a one-stop shop yep. um, when it comes to some of the allied health literature, but there are tools out there, sure. um, freely available, that will get you those some of the high-quality results um, that you're looking for.
1: Is Google Scholar a legitimate search tool? It
0: is. That was my next one, oh, I which apologize. was no. It's a nice lead-in. Um, pretty much, yeah, for any any field, um, Google Scholar um, is a useful tool. Certainly, because it covers a wide range of different resources, Mm -hmm. different fields and disciplines. Again, the search interface and the search strategy, it's pretty basic, sort of throw a few words in and and see what happens. Um, There are different ways you can set Google Scholar up if you are affiliated with a university that you can then get the full text through Google Scholar, it can link you through that way. But for people who don't have access, it's still a good way of at least identifying what's out there Mm -hmm. and coming up with a list of journal articles to go and find, yep. you know, either through their own library or, you know, getting mm-hmm. help from a, a librarian to try and yeah, get hold of it if you need to. Yep. So there's certainly some, yeah, resources out there for okay. people. Okay.
1: So I've got my pile of literature. I'm ready to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Are
1: there tools that can help me review the literature? Because it, it can feel very overwhelming when you've got all this great information. How do I make this into something coherent?
0: It can. Um, so there's certainly lots of books and websites available. And again, I'll um, you can put some links up on the, the show notes for that. Right. Um, that sort of step you through the process of, you know, doing the review, writing it, you know, things to keep in mind. Other tools that are available are various checklists for appraising the literature. So when we're talking about um, the critical appraisal steps, so seeing, um, you know, other articles you're finding based on sound research methods, you know, are the results valid? Um, just, yeah, you know, keeping in mind, you know, are they... Applicable to your situation. Mm-hmm. So, just, even though it might be a different study group, you know, either the results still transferable across to your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, there's some called CASP, the Critical Appraisal Skills Program checklists, which have different checklists depending on what sort of articles you're reviewing. Mm-hmm. So, there's ones for you know how to review a systematic review, how to review a um, case study, sort of different things like that. Because you are going to find you know a range of different results. Um, that come up, so that we you may find some systematic reviews to look at. Yeah. Others might just be you know case reports, um, you know people writing up their local situation that they've come across. Yeah. Um, so you get the different you know wide variety of different types. So checklists to take you through in that systematic way, yeah, can be yeah quite handy.
1: Excellent, and as has been this whole presentation. So thank you so much. I think for, as someone who's working mm-hmm. towards yes. a literature review <laughs> as well and I, I, we've had lots of questions so hopefully for those of you who asked these questions this has set you on the path to what and we look forward to reading your literature reviews but for now yes. Andrew thank you so much no. for your time.
0: No it's Judy you're welcome.
1: A big thank you to Andrew for taking the time to speak with us on the podcast today if you have any questions for Andrew or for any of our guests on the Renex Centre podcast please feel free to reach out to us via the Short Courses website or the RIDBC Renex Centre Facebook page.